your bulletin. Mark 1, verses 1 through 11, the proclamation of John the Baptist. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from the heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please bow your heads for a moment of prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given us in this new year as we celebrate a new life. Lord, you've called us to be your own. We are your chosen Easter people, and we are thankful for that. Let the words and meditations of my heart not be mine, Lord, but let them be yours. Open hearts, open minds, that we may all grow in your love and faithfulness. And all God's people said, amen. <clears throat> now, if my family were here, they would pick on me about this, but make a hole! Now, if you've ever had any experience in the military, especially in the Navy, that's a phrase that you're probably a little bit familiar with. Um, this phrase is usually used in the Navy by officers and senior enlisted when they're in a hurry to get somewhere because of an emergency. Um, and if John Baptist were alive today, it might be appropriate for him to use because it is authoritative and commanding. It draws attention to something larger that is happening quickly. It would also draw attention to what he preached. After me comes one who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. This sentence also summarizes what was written about John by Isaiah. A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Today, we celebrate the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. But what do we know about baptism? What does it mean? 
In the secular world, it can mean an initiation into a particular activity or a role that's usually considered to be difficult. Sometimes this secular version, you've heard it called a trial by fire. We Christians think of baptism as the rite of sprinkling water on the head or immersing a person fully into water that symbolizes purification, regeneration, and admission into the church. It's a visible sign of having expressed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But what is it really? The concept of this sacrament doesn't really exist in the Old Testament. Not as we know it anyway. There are some instances that kind of foreshadow baptism. Peter talks about one example this way, and this coming from 1 Peter. Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal for good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Noah's family went through a sort of baptism because they were saved by the very waters that God sent to destroy. Complete destruction of everything on earth except for those eight people and an ark full of animals. See, Noah turned away from the wicked generation and ways of his world. And he turned toward God to listen to him, to draw near to him, and to follow his ways instead. Moses underwent a sort of baptism also a little later. If you remember the story, Pharaoh decreed that all Israelite children under the age of two be eliminated. Moses' mother made a little basket, sort of an ark, covered it in pitch, put him in there, and floated him across the water of denial, which is the river of life. Later in life, he led the Israelites out of Egypt they also experienced the sort of baptism. First Corinthians 10, Paul writes it this way, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They were immersed in Moses and completely depended on him for guidance for instruction and leadership. Want another Old Testament example of baptism foreshadowing? Look at Jonah. He was a preacher. 
Do you ever stop and wonder what he was thinking when he ran from God? Didn't he know scriptures and know that God sees all, is in all things everywhere, and knows all? Yet he hid, or tried to, and went his own way. What happened? God knew exactly where he was and caused a horrible storm that tossed the ship that he was on until he begged the crew to throw him overboard. Tossed into the water, he thought for sure he was dead. We know that the fish caught him and he was resurrected of sorts three days later. He died to his ways and turned to God's. Baptism, as we know it, is a visible representation of our decision to put faith in Jesus Christ and follow him. To paraphrase Peter and Jesus to the Pharisees when he was talking about their filthy mugs, it's not about cleaning the surface that's important, but cleaning of the heart that matters most. Baptism is a symbolic cleansing. Nothing actually gets cleansed in a baptism. All the cleaning happens beforehand by God. And it continues afterwards through the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a visible sign of repentance. Let me quote a good pastor and dear friend of mine about repentance. Repentance is turning from toward. Turning from our old life of sin and death. Turning to our new life of life, glory, joy, peace. But what was all this talk about making straight paths for the Lord in the wilderness? Has anyone been on the Piedmont Medical Center Trail over at Riverwalk? Is it straight? Is it level? Sure, it's paved and it's well maintained. <clears throat> now contrast that. Have you ever walked along a natural path along a river or a lake or another waterway? Are they straight or level? Are they maintained or do you sometimes have to climb or crawl over or around obstacles and, and holes? Life is like that second path, isn't it? Not always easy. Never straight. Kind of meanders and wanders. I had the privilege last Saturday on New Year's morning of going out to Riverwalk and going down to the trestle. I was out early while it was still dark because I had my camera and I was down there to catch the sunrise over the trestle. Beautiful, beautiful. The clouds were just perfect. 
As I was walking back, I was struck because the light was up. I could see what was around me now. There was this one crooked tree. I mean, it literally came up, curved over and around and kind of snaked a little bit, sitting beside that crooked path. And I had the thought of a crooked tree beside a crooked path. And how much life is like that? It's not very straight. We make plans, but how often does something happen and our plans go sideways? And the question I've got to ask us is, why is our path so crooked, rocky, hilly, and littered with holes or debris? Because we made it so. In the garden, when we chose the false promises, when we chose to disobey God and eat of the one fruit that we were forbidden. And when we did that, we forgot about God and his promises. If you remember, John preached a baptism of repentance. He admitted that he was just a man and that one greater than he was coming soon. However, his main mission was to prepare the way for the Lord's arrival. John was a long-haired hippie type. And in my opinion, he couldn't have been very large. Not with his diet of locusts and wild honey. At least he had his protein. <laughs> but it's my opinion that he, was, yeah, he moved around the desert between Jericho and Jordan River preaching and pushing the renewal of faith. He regularly challenged both the church and the state. It would be safe to say he was a troublemaker and a rebel. His mission was specifically targeted, was not specifically targeted to the entire Jewish nation. All ranks and all social statuses He was not supposed to leave any stone unturned. His message was simple. Straighten up. God is coming to judge you. Better get ready. His message called for righteousness from everyone. Not just a select few. Jesus' message was similar. It was also for everyone not just the Jews. Making straight paths is part of getting ready for God to come into our hearts and lives. Basically, it means to take a road that is straight or to make a road that is straight, unmistakable, level, and smooth so that the arrival to a destination can happen without difficulty. It could almost be compared to rolling out a red carpet. The guest of honor can walk on a straight, smooth path to enter whatever structure they are visiting. And the structure, of course, being visited 
is our hearts and our lives. And who's the guest of honor? None other than the Lord Jesus himself. Amen? But why? Because he can't stand to think of life without us ever. Not just us gathered here today, but all eight billion of us on this planet. God made all of us, and he wants to spend life with all of us. But why do we need to be baptized? Paul states it best this way. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of your own doing it is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. We need to be baptized as a sign that we have accepted God's free and greatest gift, salvation. You see, way back in the garden, we really blew it. God gave us one command, only one, and we chose not to listen. We chose not to obey. Does this sound familiar to anyone? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of, good, of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We were lost. Done. But thank God that he stayed with us guiding and arranging everything to fall into place throughout time until Jesus arrived. Until Jesus came to complete time and destroy our former lives of sin and death. Thank God, right? He never gave up on us. He never turned his back on us. He sent his only son to die for us. We also need to be baptized in the name of the Holy Trinity because that was Jesus' last command. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We need to be baptized as visible expressions of our faith in Jesus. We also need to preach Jesus as far and often and diversely as we can. As laity, we're not authorized to baptize people, sadly. But we can come alongside them, and we can nurture them, and we can help them grow to the point where they can decide to choose Jesus on their own. And then after they are baptized, it's our job to help 
grow them as disciples so that they can repeat the process elsewhere. In fact, our mission as faithful members of this or any church, that's our mission. We are to faithfully participate in the church's ministries by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service. When new people are baptized and become members of the church, we also accept them and are charged with loving them and caring for them. Remember, we promise that we will do all in our power to increase their faith, confirm them, and perfect them in love. In saying all of this, we are charged with continuing to disciple those newly baptized. Always remember that the mission of the baptized, that's all of us here today, I presume, is to preach repentance and prepare the way for the Lord to come again. I've set up the baptismal font, and I'm going to invite all of us to come forward and remind ourselves of our own baptismal vows.
thank you. Having said all of that, let me finish like this. The God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen.